A good rule of thumb is this. If you can't pronounce an ingredient, and if the product isn't certified labeled organic or non-GMO, it probably contains cancer-causing GMOs and should be avoided. Today we're looking at reasons to eat organic and understanding a little bit more about genetically modified foods and diving a little bit more into the Environment Working Group, EWG, and looking at conventionally grown fruits and vegetables. Why? Well, because this stuff is important. I'm not going to stop talking about cancer and cancer-related issues because we're in a new month. But this is one of the things that we talk about in the shred, and it's important. Hey there, beautiful. I'm so glad you stopped by. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of More Than Hope Podcast, where we will openly discuss how to find that wonderful, radiant, vivacious goddess that you once knew and bring her back to life. I'm Wendy, holistic nutritional consultant, and I know we're going to be best friends because I know that it takes more than just hope and the occasional carrot to reach your heart's desire. And I want to help by offering you real solutions because after all, you're a real woman dealing with real issues in the real world. Let's face it, life can be tough sometimes. Heck, our own inner voice can be our own worst enemy and it's hard to get out of our heads and see the reality of life. But when we have someone to turn to, someone to lean on, someone who has our backs and gets us, life can be a little easier. We smile more. We laugh more. We appreciate life more. I'm here to tell you that I am that someone. I'm on your side. And truth be known, I love you. So grab your carrot and let's get started. Welcome back, my friends. Today, we're continuing our conversation about crazy stuff that's in our food, basically. Understanding the problems that are hidden in our food and, you know, trying to look at some alternatives or at least ways that we can educate ourselves and get in the 90 to 95% of the good foods and work our way towards only. 10 to 5% of these nasty things that are food-like um, that are coming into our bodies. We're still discussing cancer prevention as we go into the new month because it's important. It's important and a big conversation that I want to continue to bring you the you know best information that I can with regards to eating and living a life that is going to allow for your highest survival rate and your highest quality of life without having to have those genetic issues arising as we get older. We want to go into our old age living the best life possible and not have to worry about a diagnosis and not have to worry about doctor's appointments and surgery and chemicals. And we want to live our best lives ever. And 
these are just stepping stones towards doing that. So today we're talking about conventionally grown fruits and vegetables, genetically modified fruits and vegetables, foods, and reasons why we would like to eat or you should be eating organic. As always, there's going to be resources that you can access in the show notes. And if you ever have any kind of questions or concerns or comments, please keep this conversation going and provide them in the comment section below and let us know. Let me know. Let's discuss this. Let's let's have an open discussion about it. I mean, we can all, I can only talk to myself for so long, <laughs> especially during these podcasts. Um, it'd be nice to hear what you guys think. So, conventionally grown fruits and vegetables. We all know that fruits and vegetables are good for us. I think, for the most part, you know that already. But did you know that certain ones contain way more pesticide chemicals than others? These pesticides are designed to kill insects, but they can be very toxic to us over time. A reputable organization that I highly, highly recommend, and again, comment in the, the uh, link is in the show notes, the Environmental Working Group, EWG. They create a list on, on the yearly um, that's called the Dirty Dozen. And if you don't know what the Dirty Dozen is, you will shortly, because this is what we're talking about right now. These are the 12 fruits and vegetables of the highest in pesticide residue when conventionally grown. Now, this list change, it changes week, uh, not weekly, yearly. And so you're going to want to look and see what the, some of the top fruits and vegetables are. I mean, most of them are going to stay the same, but they kind of shift a little bit from year to year. So you're going to want to try to um, avoid these lists. And you can go to the ewg.org and get this list. You can download the PDF. In fact, maybe I'll do that and I'll put it in the show notes as well too, just so that you guys can grab it right away. But So here are the top ones to avoid. Put this list in your phone when you're going shopping and try to uh, get these fruits and vegetables organic or certified pesticide free as much as possible. I mean, working within your own your own boundaries, your own financial means and you know, do the best that you can. And if you can't get them organic or certified pesticide free, you know, Google how to wash these fruits and vegetables and with um, and try to get as much of the crap off of them. So uh, the list, here it is. <laughs> Strawberries, number one on the list, honey. This is, yeah, wash them. I don't care. I don't care if it says organic or not. Wash them. <laughs> Whatever you do, wash them or grow your own. Get yourself a tower garden. Grow your own. This is the big, big option that we have about finding organic and pesticide certified, pesticide free. Grow your own. Um, and okay, I'm going to go look through the list. I'm going to talk about the tower garden after. So uh, strawberries on the list. Spinach, next big, 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 big one spinach especially now that we get them in these plastic containers and everything else um yeah wash them nectarines 
you know, we sometimes we forget because they've got this beautiful skin on them and everything else. You're going to want to wash them as much as possible. There's actually sometimes even a wax on those that you can scrape off. Ugh. Um, apples, another big one that has waxy residue on them as well as um, pesticides and, you know, try to get, it doesn't matter if they're brown, doesn't matter if they've got a little bit of holes in them, get them as organic as possible. Go to the farmer's orchards, you know, talk to the farmers, stock up on them in the fall, jar them into some beautiful applesauce so you can eat all, you know, organic all the way through the winter. And then, you know, do the best that you can. Grapes is another big one. So again, you think about what, what they do with grapes. They make them into wines. And all that stuff is going into our wines as well, too, and makes um, for... Uh, not the best wines out there for you. And this is perhaps why we get these histamine reactions from red wine. We get these little red splotches on our skin or we start sneezing or we have um, a crazy, crazy headache from one or two glasses of wine. Try an organic wine. If you're having issues like that, try an organic wine and see what happens. But definitely washing your grapes and um, making sure that they're as uh, clean as possible before taking them in. Peaches, another big one, a little bit harder to wash, but you're going to try to look for organic as best, much as possible. Cherries, definitely going to wash those. Um, pears, again, organic or washing. Tomatoes, something pretty much people buy on the regular, trying to get as organic or grow your own. Again, something you can, cherry tomatoes can be grown in the tower garden. Um and eaten on a regular basis and until you've eaten something that's come out of your garden or off a tower garden yeah, the taste is just oh and mm. my mouth is watering thinking about it celery is one of those big things too um, if you're a follower of the medical medium anthony w williams i believe his name is uh, he really touts that uh, celery juice is amazing. Now, I've gone through a celery juice cleanse, or, well, not so much a cleanse, but I've had celery juice on the regular for, like, every morning for three, four weeks at a time, and it is crazy good for you, unbelievably good for you. Um, but you want, again, get, get organic as much as possible. Um, I'm saying all these things. I'll, I'll leave a link to... Uh, medical medium in the show notes as well too so you can check that out uh, with regards to why he wants us to have celery juice on a daily basis potatoes and sweet potatoes again they top off the list and again just because they come from underground doesn't mean that they're they're not full of um, pesticides and uh, residue so you're going to want to try to get those as much as possible um, organic so that is the list for those things that you really want to look for organic. The EUG also lists what they call the clean 15, the produce that is least likely to contain pesticide residue when conventionally grown. And when I say conventionally grown, that means, you know, big farm growers. Um, when you're looking at small organic farms uh, in your area or going to the farmer's market, you can always ask, but more than likely you'll be pretty good about not having these um, 
pesticide residue on your fruits and vegetables. Ideally, you would also try to buy only organic or certified free produce. But if you can't, then there's uh, items that can land on the clean end of the, of the pesticide spectrum. And these are them, avocados, uh, sweet corn. Um, although I think I'm going to be talking about sweet corn later on because I think most corn is genetically modified. Pineapples, cabbage, um, onions, frozen sweet peas, papayas, so non-GMO varieties, asparagus, mangoes, eggplants, honeydew melons, kiwis, cantaloupe, cauliflower, and broccoli. So these are what are generally called the Clean 15. Um, and again, the full list can be found at the ewg.org Dirty Dozen list, um, which is available online. I also encourage you to download that, um, the Dirty Dozen app that you can get uh, for your smartphone. And this will give you a quick, ac quick access, or you can just take the list and put it on a list in your phone without adding an extra app. And these are all different options for you when you go shopping. Um, so next I wanted to talk about genetically modified foods. Back in the 1990s, the fields of science and chemistry came up with a way to produce foods using foreign DNA not present within the particular plant species. Genetically modified or genetic modification, often referred to as GMOs, involves injecting the genes of, say, a fly into the genetic helixes of tomato plants, a completely unnatural process that's never been shown to be safe for animals, humans, or the environment. The fact that GMOs come with a potential health risk not fully assessed under existing regulatory protocols. These health risks include gastrointestinal disease, so anything from your GI disturbances, um, sorry, IBS, um, leaky gut, IBD, Crohn's, colitis, all, any of those fall under the gastrointestinal disease realm. And DNA damage and cancer, ha as revealed in hundreds of independent scientific studies, and I'm going to put a link to those in the bottom in the show notes. And contrary to what you may have heard in the media, GMOs do not contain the same nutrient levels as non-GMO or organic foods. Um, now, I've had actually a young person who is extremely smart, and she is in the field of genetics and genetically modifying foods, I believe. I don't know exactly what field she's in. She's in like I said, she's major, major smart. She was actually arguing with me with regards to what I believe with regards to GMOs. So, I mean, there's different options. There's different opinions out there. And it's your right to be able to voice them, just like it's my right to do this podcast and voice mine. And it's also your right to be informed. So definitely check out different research studies, different love, you know, thoughts, um, different opinions about anything that I talk about and make up your own mind with regards to it. Uh, these are my opinions. This is my podcast and that's okay. That's all that, 
you know, that's all that we can do. If, if you don't agree with me, then you don't agree with me. But when it comes to these kinds of things, I think it's important to at least see two sides of a story. And this is just another side of the story. Uh, the non-GMO pro uh, project lists the following foods as the most common GMO foods to avoid in the American food supply. And again, there's a link to this in the comments. Soy. So when you're buying soy, any kind of soy, so tofu, um, soy sauce, uh, edamame, um, any um, foods made with soy, you're going to want to try to get uh, organic as much as possible and certified non-GMO. Corn, again, I listed corn earlier with regards to being uh, part of the Clean 15, um, which just essentially means that there's no pesticides on them, but they're genetically modified. So pretty much all corn and including anything that's made with corn. So corn oils, um, corn syrup, <laughs> which you want to avoid anyways, uh, high fructose corn syrup. Um, and I don't have a list in front of me with regards to what corn is made with, but pretty much there's so much that's made with corn. It's, it's ridiculous. And a lot of it, it's not even listed. Canola oil is another one of those big ones that you want to avoid. Canola itself is a, is a crop and they make oil out of it. Um, and again, one of these things that they feed um, animals Cotton is another one. We don't ingest cotton, but you want to look at you know what we're putting on our bodies as well too. Sweet beets is one of the sources of sugar. So genetically modified sweet beets is going to offer you genetically modified foods. You want to stay away from that. Alfalfa as fed to con uh, conventional livestock. So alfalfa is one of those big ones that they give to livestock is uh, for the most part genetically modified and you want to understand that when you're taking in meat products because you are taking in what the animal takes in and if you want more information about that you can actually look towards episode 38 with regards to factory farming hawaiian papaya is genetically modified as well too here in north america in Northern Ontario. I don't know if we actually get much Hawaiian papaya. We might. I'm not too sure. I don't buy it. But you want to watch that it's going to be um, genetically modified as well too. Zucchini and yellow squash. So our winter and summer squash. Um, yeah, grow your own. They grow like crazy if you can. Um, and you can actually do it on the tower garden as well too. And look for organic seeds. This will get you away from the genetically modified seeds. When you're when you're doing these things you also want to watch for hidden additives in processed foods made with gmos so your citric acid so the citric acid is coming from genetically modified corn vegetable oil itself genetically modified soy corn and canola caramel color is genetically modified corn uh, dextrose, which is genetically modified corn, which is our high fructose corn syrup, and isoflavins, which is the genetically modified soy. 
A good rule of thumb is this. If you can't pronounce an ingredient and if the product isn't certified labeled or organic or non-GMO, it probably contains cancer-causing GMOs and should be avoided. So just to finish off, reasons to eat organic, if those weren't enough. When choosing organic produce to eat, you can be sure that you'll avoid two potentially cancer-causing problems addressed above, high pesticide residue and the hazards of genetically modified foods. Those alone right there are money in the pocket for your health bank. You just want to go there. You just want as much as possible to do that because the ramifications, well, you know what they are. To find the best produce available that is often pesticide-free and genetically modified-free, look to local farmers markets in the area. You can Google that. You can, you know, ask friends um, and, and frequent them as much as possible. Another great alternative is to consider joining a CSA, so community-supported community agriculture co-op um, and or community gardens. This is another way to really ensure that you're getting the freshest and best produce ever. Um, you know, and, and when we do these things, we're supporting small farms in the area, small family farms. And, you know, they, you know, allow you to share the produce and you get the best value for your buck. Another option would be to grow your own. Like I said, um, if you have space in, and you have a yard, make your front yard into um, a little garden. Um, Grow your own fruits and vegetables as much as possible. Plant an apple tree in your yard um, if you have the space. A lot of times these there's miniature versions of these um, fruits and vegetable plants that you can put into pots and put on balconies if you live in a high-rise. Get yourself a tower garden from Juice Plus and... You, grow your own year round. It, it saves you so much money and the produce that you get off of it, it exponentially saves you money in the end. So in both cases, you're going to like ask your farmers about their use of chemicals and crop rotation methods, making sure that you avoid produce grown with chemicals such as uh, Roundup, glyphosate, um, atrazine, and which both have been linked to cancer. And when in doubt, you gotta ask. Other good options are local food health, health food stores and stores such as um, Whole Foods and organic um, Trader Joe's in the States um, and just getting the best that you can for yourself. Hey, I just wanted to take a moment to introduce you to a new program that's available now, but it's pretty much available all the time. Diet, obesity, and metabolic syndrome are very much linked to various cancers. We kind of know this and may account for as much as 30 to 35% of cancer deaths, indicating that a reasonably good fraction of cancer deaths can be prevented simply by modifying our diet. And the fact that chronic inflammation is closely linked to the exasperation of tumor-producing pathways, well, 
That's just fancy talk for it makes a big difference to be able to reduce our inflammation in our body. Extensive research actually has revealed that diet consisting of fruits, vegetables, spices, and grains has the potential to prevent cancer. I think most of us kind of know that these days, but where do we start? How do we go from the standard American diet, that sad diet, to the one that will keep us away from the doctor's office? In my experience, it starts with a seasonal cleanse. But look, we're not trying to be perfect here. And we all know that pizza tastes great, barbecue and beer happens, and you know, it's hard. It's really hard to shift and make those big, big changes overnight. But I have an easy compromise for you. It's one that really just goes between what we should be eating and what we are eating. I mean, because it's hard to give up the good things in life and keep your body clean at the same time. They make it really, really hard. But we do want to fight disease. We want to fight against the process of those genes that are expressing in our bodies. We want to not have to be given the diagnosis. And I've got an easy way for you to go through that. It's just a seasonal cleanse. I mean, on a quarterly basis, once a season, we go for about 14 days, two weeks of cleaning up your body, getting your liver back to square one, balancing and enabling the body to take on a much, a much needed breather. Um, a breather from the chemicals and the food additives and the colorings and the pesticides, the unhealthy fats, the sugars, the genetically modified foods, the toxins. I could stay here all day talking to you about this, but we just want to get that sludge out of the body. We just want to clean things up and all it takes is 14 days. By allowing the body to clean up and restore itself, it actually increases your chances of having clearer skin, less GI stress, better sleeps, less moodiness, and even losing a couple of pounds. Not to mention the fact that it boosts your immune system and improves your chances of not having to get that diagnosis. When we give a body the chance to really come to a place where it's doing the job that it needs to do, basically keeping you healthy, it can do that work. And by allowing our bodies to clean up for 14 days, it gives that chance to us. It really increases our chances of not getting a diagnosis. And I want that for you. I want that for everybody. A seasonal cleanse is a really good place to start. I mean, like I said, it's hard to give up, you know, going to birthday parties and not having a piece of cake and going out and not having a nice glass of wine or whatever. And these things sometimes can be very detrimental if we don't give our bodies the chance to clean up once in a while because those toxins build up and build up and build up and they they hoard like a hoarder's house 
it just builds upon itself and, and it gets very, very hard for the body to do the work that it needs to do. But by incorporating a cleanse on a seasonal basis, it can really, really make a big difference. And that's why I offer that to everybody on a on a you know on a regular basis and the summer cleanse is going on now and I want you to be able to take the opportunity to take a look at it and incorporate it into your health journey so I've left a link in the show notes for you to begin your cleanse today and if you have any questions just reach out